Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the War Room. We got Tez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Full with the topic, sort of like the rubber when it's game time, they like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. The sports medicine, sports veterans and greats. The four for twenty six, so the war in Kuwait is the war room with five nights at the round table, five silly guys diversified and educated. What up, what up, what's good, War Room family? You know where you are, man. You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports. On the War Room Sports Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts. I'm the Bull Dev Mac, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable. Or should I say I'm back at the War Room Roundtable with my brother. We got B. Austin in the building. What up, B? How you living? (laughs) Thank you to be here. You know what I mean? No doubt, man. I'm 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 back in the building after a brief hiatus uh, last week. Took a little vacation with the fam. Uh, Jimmy is out speaking. Uh, you know, he, he's he's out helping little kids with cleft lips in Cambodia. Um, so he's speaking at a conference for that t- t- this evening. So he won't be with us. Um, anyway, man. This week in sports has basically featured a lot of interesting news about contracts. So we're going to wrap about mm-hmm. that. So sit back, relax, bust it up again with you guys in the war room, the greatest man in the history of human, excuse me, not the greatest man, Paul, that, the greatest man cave in the history of human civilization. Um, but you can get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the Bodyhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or you could join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 20 to 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. It depends. You know, when we get on our Jada and Styles, we start flowing. Uh, no pun intended, but, um, you know, we'll get to you when we get to you. But that number is 323 one two. So what up, fam? Like I said, I was I was on a brief hiatus last week. Took a little vacation down to the Orlando area. I know when I got there, you were actually down there. You know, y'all were busy, so I yeah. passed. Didn't get to cross physically. But how was your trip down there? Your trip was more of a business trip for the young fellow. Yeah. Um, our trip was nothing but leisure, <laughs> and and it and that's good because this is the, this is like the first trip I've taken in a while. That wasn't on some little league business trip type yeah. stuff. So how'd it go Yo. down there for, for top three that are uh Youth Sports is interesting and uh the podcast expensive. episode the <laughs> podcast episode dedicated entirely to youth sports is coming. It's coming. We're gonna yeah. do that. You know, that we haven't decided on when, you know what I'm saying? But know that it, it it'll probably get done before the end of the year. We we're gonna dedicate it higher episode i know we should have talked about really that but now jimmy probably not gonna want to talk about that it could have been one of these episodes <laughs> yeah we can invite we, we'll invite somebody that want to talk i mean he don't want to talk about his nephews of course he want to talk about his nephews but you have a different perspective because you're across <clears throat> multiple sports you can talk <clears throat> baseball uh basketball soccer you you've got a different experience all I can really talk about is soccer and gymnastics. Um, 
But let me tell you, man. Uh, <laughs> listen, man, we ended, what I'll say is we ended on a very, very high note, uh, game-winning walk-off PK. Uh, but we got hustled and bamboozled into playing futsal with another organization, not uh, not our original home Hold organization. Up, no. in you know, you know, I understand the lingo, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people that's listening don't know what the hell a game winning walk off PK is. <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad. Penalty, penalty. The game was tied at the end of the conclusion of the little championship. It was tied, so you line up and you take shots on the goalie, and uh, you tally it at the end. Whoever makes the most. And whoever misses, you know, they lose. Whoever makes wins, and you just keep going in first round, second round, and third round is sudden death. So, um, Yeah, and y'all have heard us talk about that situation before because we had a nice discussion about the, um, you know, what happened in that big British game um, a while back where they had the penalty kicks, and because – it ended the way it ended. The black players on the team got a lot of vitriol from the city of London and, and beyond after that. So I think, B, I think you actually wrote an article on it, and we talked about it on the show. Um, so that might have been the last time on the war room that we actually mentioned a penalty kick. Um, but I know, shout out to Neil and Skyview in the chat room. I know Neil was like, the hell is a PK? <laughs> but, um, for, for our – for our demographic and where we come from, penalty kicks are akin to free throws. It's like a it's like a free yeah. throw situation, high pressure, uh, and uh, <sighs> your nephew well, has, has well starting really really when you're talking about our demographic, a penalty kick is more like you know what happens when you say the wrong thing to somebody on the streets. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> More like a penalty oh. stomp. <laughs> All right, but what happened? What happened? My bad. Well, yeah, he he, he was uh, you know, he he had he had maybe missed a couple of those in the past, so there was uh, you know, a little pressure on him, and uh, he decided right, to take it. Skyview put in the chat room, be sudden death. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Yep. He, uh, so he had he the pressure rolling. The pressure had the pressure pipe. rolling. The pressure also and, uh, made diamonds. He, 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 it makes diamonds. He turned into the wind ah. instead of running from the wind, and he decided to nutmeg the goalkeeper for the win. Ah. Pretty, uh, pretty cheeky. Now, pretty I'm listening to all of this, you know, because our listeners got to listen to all this, but y'all know I've seen the footage already. Um, <laughs> and... For real, for real, even though, like, I, of course, I'm not, I don't watch as much of the game as you guys, but I watch my fair share of professional soccer, football, whatever you mm. want to call it. And I ain't going to hold you. And, and like I said, I don't claim to be an expert. I don't claim to have hours and hours and hours of this, but I'm not going to hold you. And all the, the soccer I've watched, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody nutmeg the goaltender a yeah. kick. I've never yeah. seen that before. And for everybody who doesn't yeah. know what that means, he basically kicked the ball through the goaltender's legs. Usually they try to get you off balance and kick it the other way or try to get you, you know, going low so they can kick it high over your head. I've, I've never in my time 
You've seen way more soccer than me, so you might have seen this before, but I've never seen it's, the goaltender getting nutmeg. It's a rarity. It's, <laughs> definitely, it's definitely a rarity. Um, and because being fickle, Philadelphia is definitely fans, on some Kyrie we, type shit. <laughs> the way we the way we've grown up as fickle Philadelphia fans, I looked at that dude and asked him a dozen times. You didn't try that. That was an accident, right? <laughs> like, yeah, like, that could have been real, right? Like, <laughs> Not like that. You can tell you can add to the legend. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a roll with the legend, but you can tell me the truth, and he swears up and down that that was intentional. So that's what we got to roll that's with, man. That's the right answer, though. That's the right answer, no yeah. matter what it was. That's the right. Hell yeah, I meant to do that. That's what I do. <laughs> what Obama says is what so, I so, do. <laughs> so that was a great, you know, that was a great moment of the tournament. We spent seven days in Orlando, and uh, normally he's usually used to being the focal point of these teams he's on, but this particular organization decided to put fifteen kids on a futsal roster. Fifteen. Yeah. It's five v five. That's not like, yeah, that's. So they in waves, was, whether like each five yeah. come in. No, they should they should have been, but the 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 playing time was all over the place. Some games we play the whole game, other games we play eight minutes, and you don't drive four hundred and forty miles to Orlando. I was about Atlanta, to say, I, Joe, I was just about <laughs> to say that I was like, you don't live up here anymore, but that's still a long way to go. For that yeah. kind of situation. Where no, were you? Were you at the Wide World of Sports? Uh, no, we were at the Orlando Orange County Convention Center. Oh, okay. We were okay. at the Convention All Center. Right. Um, I've been there we, before. We, because Big football, place. You know, football, for our Big listeners place. that don't know, it's an indoor game. It's 5v5. Five, it's, yeah. five five. it's about 70% soccer, 30% basketball. Super mm-hmm. fast-paced. Um that's why I asked them because the Wild World of Sports yeah. hosts a lot of, like, AAU basketball, so I know they got the indoor yep. space yep. for it. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Damn. Um, you know, some games, some games he would, uh, you know, being fair, some games he'd play the whole game, and yeah. which we're used to. And then other games, you know, we playing Still. 10 minutes, 12 minutes. Still, man, you you don't go that far to have 15 people on the football roster, man. No, you 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 ideal like what they what they put it out there thinking some people weren't going to come, too many people signed up. Like what the hell was that? Or did they just plan uh, it that some, way? There's some political some political football wars in the city of Atlanta, and uh, they they robbed another program of a lot of players and didn't know how to say no. Didn't realize less is more. Didn't realize the value of chemistry. Didn't realize the value of the coach developing chemistry with the players. Didn't realize the value of, of, of proper substitution and strategy, man. It was, it was realized the value was of what the hell they were doing. Going right, right. <laughs> so, you know, my, my, my lesson to, to the young man, you know, was let's not take things for granted, right? So what we can control, what we can control we control. We can't control playing time. We can't control the decisions the coach makes. So I took the responsible, wise, fatherly route. The niggardly me, well, you know what we would have done in, in, the, in the 90s. We just got up and left or tried to play for another team at the same time or something ignorant. But being responsible dad, you know, I'm telling, listen, this is a lesson. You know, when you go to your outdoor teams, usually you're the man, you're the star. Yo, now you know what it feels like to come off the bench or not be sure of what your situation is, which is 
likely to occur again in your life. It's something that could happen. You have to be ready whether you're contributing two minutes, 20 minutes, or the full game. You got to be ready. You got to right. step up. You got to play. No matter what your role is on any given day, you got to be ready. I always, you know, I try to tell the boy that all the time. Preparation. Be ready. You know what I mean? So if you're always working hard, when your number's called, no matter when it is, if in your usual role or in some kind of different role, then you'll be ready. I saw growth. I saw growth, and in that particular game that he hits that, that PK, and he had only played 10 minutes in that game. Wow. <laughs> this is crazy. You saw, you saw growth. I saw a goalie get embarrassed. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, like, like I said, we, about my kids. We, y'all were basically on the way out when we were on our way in. But, you know, we did the, 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 the regular. I mean, actually, we did less than we usually do. We did one Disney Park, Magic Kingdom, one Universal. Um stayed in a big house, met some of our family down there. So, you know, that was fun in itself. The house had a pool, so you don't got to spend too much money when kids got a pool, you know, with with 24-7 access to it. I was coming to see see y'all, Dev. I was coming to see y'all, but I ain't going to hold you even after being in a beautiful hotel after that week. (laughs) That's why you should have came to see you. You know, we was cooking home home uh cooked meals we had the pool we could just chill but um yeah kids kids had a ball man so you know Orlando is, is a very hospitable place we know i can't think of a place with more hotels per capita <laughs> per, per hotel resorts and just places to stay per square inch than the orlando florida area but all right, man, y'all know what it is before we really, really get started. People are like, damn, we like 20 minutes in. Y'all ain't get started yet? Um, we got to remind y'all that whether you're with us live or not, anytime on demand, you can still check out archive episodes of our show, The War Room, and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network, either on our own website at warroomsports.com or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms. We're pretty much on all the ones that you probably can name. So just check out, you know, search for War Room Sports, and you can get any of the shows that you love from the network, the War Room, Tissue and the Tape for your hip-hop heads, Uh, if you're into Philly sports, the Broad Street Line and Superstars, Uh, John Appetit if you call yourself a foodie, On the Couch with the Wilsons if you're into movies and TV, After Further Review with the Mayor if you just want a, a cool, interesting take on the national sports scene. But we're going to get into these hot topics which are brought to you, as usual, by my bookie. War Room family, it's time for you to make some money sports betting in my bookie. If you still haven't checked out my bookie, then it's time to stop wasting time and place a bet. Lay down some bread on all the biggest games in sports by joining the War Room and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. That's mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get paid fast with no hassle. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wages after the game starts. So join now, and my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get your bread. That's, that's all there is to it. All right, man, we said the theme around tonight's show was going to be contracts. Now, one of the biggest contracts in NFL history was just signed earlier in the week, and that deal was signed by Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. 
um, Kyler Murray is set to make. One second. Um, it was 230 is the total number. Yeah, I, I got it here. No, I don't know why. Though. For some reason, my, my link is spinning. Here we go. Um, like B said, uh, two, two, the contract is a five-year deal that could be worth up to $230.5 million. $160 million of that is guaranteed, which I believe is the second or third biggest guarantee um, in, in NFL history. It might be second to Deshaun Watson. I think the biggest per year and total might be Aaron Rodgers, something like that. It, it, it's something, something like that. But $230.5 million over five years, $160 million guaranteed. Now, what's been making the waves and making a lot of new – news is a couple of addendums in his particular contract. And it depends on where you fall, you know, what your thought process is or how you feel about this. One of the addendums is he's required to have four hours of independent study per game week. Um, they said it was important to the team making such a commitment at that level um, and they claim that this was important to, to Kyler Murray as well. Um, now, the second addendum on the contract, it was related to that, but it had something to do with how he studied the material and what he studied it on. They're saying pretty much um, he's required to study the material provided to him by the club in order to prepare for the club's next uh, upcoming game including, without limitation, any such material provided via iPad or other electronic device. Now, time spent in mandatory meetings won't constitute independent study, but they're talking about on these devices, if it, A, if he's, if he's personally, if he's not personally studying or watching the material while it's being displayed or played, or B, if the player is engaged in any other activity on this device, or, or any other device, um, i.e. video games or watching television, which distracts his attention away from studying, he will be found in default of his contract. Now, a lot of people are up in arms about this. You know, they're throwing out other names. Well, they ain't asked Aaron Rodgers to do this. They ain't asked Peyton Manning, Tom Brady to do this. They didn't ask blah, blah, blah. What are mm -hmm. your thoughts on the addendums in this contract? Man. This is one of those topics and times, mm -hmm. and I'm so glad that we, a part of the new media, have the voices <laughs> we have and the podcast we have. I'm, I'm a, I'm, shout out to Draymond. Shout out to Big Wealth. We ain't got no business. Um, I am so intrigued by this because I know our perspective. I know my perspective. Brother, you can speak for yourself, of course. We are about black power, black empowerment in sports, particularly a place where economics are generated. They're generated directly because of our toils and our labor. There's the opportunity to create generational wealth, all of those things, all of those things. Not to I mention we are, we're, <laughs> lovers of, we're lovers of sports. We support young brothers getting to that bag and getting to greatness. 
here's the here's the here's what I'm going to say. Start on one side of this argument and go to the other. The one side is for 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 the better part of three seasons now, <clears throat> I have heard that Kyler Murray is a very confident, borderline cocky, narcissistic individual. Many players are. I've heard that specifically about him, and those traits do not fare well in the quarterback room, especially your starting quarterback as a leader. To have those traits and then lead a team, lead grown men, that's tough. That's first. Second, I've heard in some instances that he's the last in and the first to leave. Now, you don't make it to be an NFL quarterback of any stature, and success a starting NFL quarterback without being of a particular level of intelligence. So I'm going to say I believe that that brother is highly intelligent. I believe he's highly intelligent. We also saw, and I know I'm gunning here a little bit, we also saw him release that petulant uh, uh, note to the press directed at his team pertaining to the contract petulant, acting like a child. So there's, there's a couple of things swirling here against Kyler. There's a couple mm-hmm. of things, right? So then we've heard that he's not necessarily the biggest film freak or film studier. We've heard that. It's been set up. We then see that he's a little petulant, he's a little cocky, he's a little arrogant, he's a little narcissistic. Now we arrive here. Do I think the team potentially, I don't want to say disrespected him, but maybe overstep their bounds by placing this? Maybe. Me? I can't hear you no more. I know that you're deficient oh, you in your study. I know that you're deficient in studying, and studying is an integral part. Because, see, the casual fan or the average fan still thinks of NFL play as as the sport, as a game. No, 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 no. We're not talking games here. We're not talking games. This is a this is a complex, complicated situation that requires reading and starting quarterback is much more akin to a grandmaster chess champion than he is Olympic sprinter. Much more akin. So I want that guy because we we've also seen plenty of success at the NFL uh, level for quarterbacks who are, athle- I call them even athletically deficient. These guys can't do anything else athletically, but because of their mental capacity, they're able to lead men, lead a team, and be successful because of their, able, their ability to dissect information. And that dissecting of information takes study. Film study, book study, book smarts. Book smarts. So, so the black protectionist route of, oh, I see other – you didn't do it for other quarterbacks. Yo, I've never, I've never heard of a quarterback that behaves in the manner that Kyler, they say Kyler Murray behaves. I've never heard of that. I've never heard Marcus of him. Russell. And, and so <laughs> where there's smoke, there's fire, and I believe he brought these clauses about of his own behavior, and he's reaped what – which still amounts to him potentially making $230 million over five years. But it's sad that they had to legislate into the contract that he studied on his own. 
Yeah, I, so I found that to be the same way myself. Like, what I was thinking, I was like, if you're that pressed to put that in there, because, you know, contracts, if if contracts don't have anything interesting like this in it, you don't hear people reciting stuff from the contract. Never, so it's, it's not generally, yes, yeah, it's not generally public knowledge what's in the contract unless you see something that either you find interesting or maybe you find it appalling. But I'm just sitting here thinking without knowing any facts on the situation. It's like if they didn't feel it, they didn't deem it 100% necessary. I don't know if they would have wasted their time to get this kind of press because you're going to get bad press off of this, especially from the black community. Like, what are y'all trying to say? But if you didn't feel it 100% necessary before paying this man generational wealth, if there, like you said, if there wasn't smoke that led to a little bit of fire, then I don't think it would be in there. And I've heard the same things. I've heard that Kyler Murray is a bit of a video game fiend. So they're probably under the impression, or they might know for a fact, that a lot of time that he could be spending studying for this week's game, you know, he might be somewhere playing video games. Um, We've seen situations like this before, um, not legislated into the contract, but we've seen a team give Jamarcus Russell a film to watch. Um, The film was blank. They asked him when he came back to the to the facility with the film, you know, what did you see? What, you know, what do you want to use from what we saw in this week's game? And he just went right along, acting like he watched it, like I liked all of it. We can use the, you know, every all the packages that you put in there, and it was nothing on the tape. So, it it seems kind of messed up, you know, the the black protectionist in me wants to cry foul. But the businessman in me wants to kind of be like, well, shit, if I was about to give somebody a quarter of a million dollars, potentially, or almost a quarter of a million dollars, I would be sure they were doing what they were supposed to to be doing um, as well. Um, I kind of find it sad that you've made it to this level of quarterbacking, this level meaning being one of the top three contracts in NFL history and you're not a study rat, a film rat to begin with. You know what I'm saying? That says a lot for the market. Well, right no, because you know a lot of these teams are like, we're not sure if we want to do this, but this is market price right now. If we want to keep them and not be, you know, fishing back into the pond where they found the Josh Rosens and, you know, the hit-or-miss quarterbacks that everybody else is finding, if you think you have something, even if you don't want to make that investment, sometimes you got to make that investment. So you kind of got to make yeah. sure that your investment is all in with no, their part. You know, of the no, th- th- this, is, this is where the conversation even becomes a little bit more nuanced because we know of plenty of black quarterbacks that are not developed the same way that other quarterbacks are de- or let's call it what is white quarterbacks are developed high school high school college there isn't much film study there isn't much book learning because they put an athlete a superior athlete at the position and they want and them count on them to be more of a more of a playmaker more of a playmaker than a manager and distributor 
and it leads to victory and, and, and wins at the high school and collegiate level where you can count on a, a disparity between athleticism. Then they get to the NFL, and it's a rude awakening because everybody is just as athletically gifted as you are. So now it does come down to who's the better professional, who's got the better mind. And some, some of these brothers adjust. Some of them adjust. Some of them humble themselves. Some of them figure. It sounds like to me the problem with Kyler Murray is that he's been developed in a way where he's been able to count on the, the hand cannon of an arm that he has. The, the feet that look like you can't even see when you're running. He's, he's, been, he's been able to get along with that and be successful in the NFL to a degree without being a bookworm or a nerd. And he wants to continue along that path, but continuing along that path negates his ability to really step it up to the next level, and Arizona knows that. Yeah, we can continue being, you know, a 9-8 and eight, uh, a ten and seven, eleven six type of, of franchise with your talent, but in order for us to take the next steps, in order for you to take the next steps, you got to step your study habits up. You have to make changes that you've never had to make before. And it sounds like he's not re- he's not ready, willing, and able to make those changes on his own. So they're wow. trying to legislate it, which me, to me is not only sad, but I don't believe it'll work because you can't force a man to do something that he's not committed to. See that, Well, this is what Ian Rappaport said when he was reporting it. It seems like maybe he was trying to throw him a bone because I guess his timeline started to get a little shaky with people being a little appalled at it. He, Ian Rappaport said Kyler Murray does four hours of game studying on his own anyway. And similar to the team wanting him around for the offseason as the face of the franchise, Arizona wanted a commitment in writing while going – to a certain place money-wise, thus the clause. Um, I think he's kind of trying to white-splain it away a little bit. Like, they want to have a little bit more control. They probably think he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing to make, it, you know, to make this kind of money that they're about to give him. So they put the, the, the thing in there. Like, Ian Rappaport tried to throw Kyler a bone while trying to make, make this look normal for the franchise. So he, he he just tried to wipe away everything and make everybody involved because he probably wasn't ready for the backlash surrounding the report. Um, but, you know, four hours is not much. If, you, if you're in the top tier, and he's not there yet besides paycheck, but to be in the top tier of quarterback play in the National Football League, you know, four hours of independent film study is, Nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> we know a couple of guys who are considered all-time greats who probably still do four hours while they're in the bed, you know, attempting to go to sleep. So, you know, it, it, it's really nothing. And I hope Rappaport is right. I hope he does this anyway. And for some reason, they all, including Kyler Murray, felt the need to put this addendum in the contract. I don't buy it, but – you know, I'm rooting for the young brother to do what he has to do to be great, to make I'm, I'm, this I'm whole two hundred and thirty point five million dollars. Because five years is not a lot. Like if you're good, if you put in that work and you're good, you're gonna see this entire contract. Like if you're if you're what you should be after getting this kind of contract, 
you should see the whole contract. There's a lot of people, they put a lot of impressive numbers in contracts because they know said player is never going to see. Never going to see it. Never going to see the last year. Nah, he's he going to get, gonna he gonna get the guaranteed money of that deal. If, 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 if he's just good, not very good, not great, not Hall of Fame worthy, if he is good, he's going to see, he gonna see all of that. And I'm and I'm honestly I'm reminded of a lot of players, Dev, at other positions. I'm reminded of players at other positions who were who were who were genius in their approach to the game. Like like really gene like genuine study freaks, like not just, you know, I ran a four two forty, I benched two twenty five forty seven times. No, these guys were in the film study constantly on their own going home with their with their teammates and and setting up their own study sessions and study like people don't people don't know and realize this about Deion Sanders Deion Sanders is one of the most astute football players ever his his consumption of film and study habits are legendary it wasn't just the 4240 it wasn't just you know, the gold chains and the jerry curl, the showboat. Like, my man was genuinely a genius and studied 20 hours a week. At right. His, and you know why people don't know that, though? Because Dion wasn't weird about it. Like you said, he still yeah. had the flash, you know, he still had the athleticism. So we saw that. And that became Dion's persona. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. Dion's flashy. Yeah. He fast as hell. He gonna get that interception. He gonna skip to the end zone on the ass. Like he wasn't weird about it. Like maybe like a Kobe Bryant, where he was so weird about it. All the other stuff surrounding that started coming out. Yeah, he never goes out with his teammates because he's always somewhere looking at film or digesting the Study, game and, and this and working that out. And, right, or, or, or working yeah. out. So. Dion was able to balance that to be an all-time great rather than just becoming somebody who's just known for that consumption. But insiders know Dion was just Ray as, Lewis and, right. Ray Lewis just and Ed, as much. Ed Reed. Ray Lewis and Ed Reed were known for their study habits. They were known for my man Luke. Uh, Luke. I mean, Ray, Ray Lewis might you know take a study break to you know go to a party, stab a nigga real quick. But but he studied it. You know what I mean? Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, come back home. Yeah. You know, wipe that blood off. Get back to the to the film. But nah, shout out to Ray. <laughs> it's, my, it's my guy, football wise. I don't know. What so he's yeah, I, I just think but. I don't think that I don't think the casual fan realizes how much intellect and IQ goes into the game at that at that NFL level. And so this is shocking when you see this in a contract, but I think the expectation is really that it shouldn't have to be put into a contract. I think that's right. the thing. Right. <laughs> but, but you know, the people who have, who take issue with that, you kind of have to ask yourself, like, whose fault that it's, you know, that it's in there. You know what I mean? Um, Skyview said, I wonder what O.J. Simpson, Eric Dickerson, Tony Dorsett contracts look like. And he also said, Kyler Murray probably did his game study on Madden. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah. All right, so, you know, we'll see what happens, man. At, at at very least, we know this man is going to cash $160 million worth of checks, and that's a mama made it moment all in itself. So 
So shout out to Kyler Murray. See what you do with it. Um, speaking of contracts, there's a one-year, a new one-year contract in Tampa. <laughs> I guess Tom Brady has pretty much uh, made his 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 impact. No, more like his <laughs> his hold over the franchise known because since he's been there, they've bought in the the, the biggest and best names that they could possibly find to go along with, with Tom Brady. Um, it worked for them. You know, they bought themselves a Super Bowl. It's like the Rams went and bought themselves one the year after. Uh, Julio Jones will be signing, a, well, has signed a one-year deal to play with the Buccaneers. And there's a lot of people excited about this. I've seen a couple of Bucks fans excited about this. I haven't heard from Tobias. If he calls in, we'll we'll definitely ask him about this. Because, you know, he's more of a level-headed Bucks fan and everything just doesn't excite him. Uh, not so much for DJ Willie G. Uh, DJ Willie G was all over Facebook and, you know, Julio, Julio. And a lot of people are telling him to calm down because Julio's been washed probably for the last three years and he might not play more than two, three games. But what do you think of the, uh, of the pickup? Um... I'm going to answer it in terms of perceived perceived impact, perceived impact, right? So I know that Tom Brady has been reaching out to Julio going on months now, if if not years, honestly, if not years. It's definitely been months. It may have been longer. In order to develop the, the chemistry and the nuanced understanding of the offense and the way Tom Brady wants it run, you need practice time. One of the problems with Julio throughout the last half a decade of his time in the NFL, he's 33, so I'd say since he was about 28, Julio doesn't do much practice reps because of the fact that his body has been breaking down. So to preserve himself, Julio takes very minimal practice reps, especially during the season. He doesn't do OTAs, and he works out on his own. So he commits to his craft in that he commits to being in shape. He commits to, you know, he dropped his playing weight down to 220 to retain some of the speed, make it easier on his joints. He, he does the runs. He does, he's in the weight room. He's running routes or whatever, but it's individual training. He doesn't do practice reps to slow the wear and tear on his body. So how do you develop the chemistry necessary to operate efficiently and effectively in a Tom Brady offense. Now, let's go to Mr. Big Chest, a.k.a. Antonio Brown. Take all of the shenanigans out of it. I know that's very difficult. The reason that Antonio Brown worked with Brady was because Antonio Brown is so committed to his craft when he's involved with football. He's a precision route runner, perhaps one of the best route runners we've ever seen. He can play X, Y, and Z positions, meaning both flankers, and he can line up in the slot. And he came to Tom Brady for them to work out on their own together for months prior to, during, and even after. Like, that's what created the chemistry to allow them to work together. I don't see that happening with Julio. So even if you put Julio in the time machine, and you say, all right, the hamstring is gone, the soft tissue injuries are gone, we put him in yoga, he's more flexible now, because that's where the injuries are coming from. 
My man walks around with like 5% body fat. He's just one muscle. So he, he, he tears his muscles all the time. Even if he gets pliable, right, where's the chemistry going to come from for him to operate with Tom Brady in an efficient, effective manner? Unless yeah. all he's doing well, is as far as chemistry is concerned, I guess we got to give them the benefit of the doubt being too great to the game that they'll get that together. Um, in no way do I imagine the Buccaneers or anybody ever again getting the Julio Jones who who had 300 receiving yards in a game. But as far as a pickup who's slotted to be like your number two or number three receiver, depending on the health of Godwin, I think it's a pretty good pickup. And you're getting Julio Jones on a one-year, $6 million deal. So yeah. it goes back to the – I'm not even going to call it a cliche. It's just going to go back to the obvious when most players like this sign somewhere. If Julio Jones can stay healthy, then – for $6 million, this is a very good pickup because a healthy so Julio playing for only $6 million and and being your number two or your number three, like, you really can't beat that. But sometimes when you line up a bunch of names, it backfires on you. Now, here's where they're going to have issues because the having to replace their entire starting interior offensive line. And you and I know, Jimmy knows, and we preach this to everybody who's all enamored with all the sexy positions, that nothing's happening without the fat guys up front. So Ryan Jensen, the starting center, is the latest to go down. Um, They're doing tests on his injured knee, and they hope to know more in a few days, but there's not going to be a diagnosis, you know, before a few days. So that's left guard Alex Kappa, right guard Ali Marpet, and now center Ryan Jensen, um, who've all gone down. You got a 46,000-year-old quarterback behind a shaky line. I don't care how great Tom Brady is, they're going to have some problems. So they need to get that shored up before we start to – Wonder what is Julio Jones going to do? Because Julio Jones ain't going to do shit. If Tom Brady made the back, <laughs> you made the distinction of exactly where the line is weakest at. It's interior, and that's where Brady hates pressure coming from. He doesn't mind right, out the middle. He step up the pocket. It's in the middle when you can crash the pocket that he has the the biggest problem at. Um, to your point with Julio, yeah, I mean, I I do believe based on some film that I've seen of him in Tennessee pre-injury, that Julio lined up against your third corner, he wins those battles. Yeah. Like, he still he still wins those battles. He's still he is good enough to, to, to cook the third or fourth corner, and he's not going to be the second option unless Godwin has a relapse because you know Godwin has been cleared. They're not putting him on the pup list. He's not going on the pup. So he, he had the surgery January 3rd. He's not going on the pup list, and they expect that he will be playing in late August or at least September. So in seven or eight months, your man makes it all the way back from a clean and full ACL tear. That's where the challenge is. Now, if he has even a minor setback, there's the issue. Minor setback, that thrusts Julio into the number two spot. Now, Now he's the number two opening night versus Dallas. Now it gets interesting. Now it gets interesting. 
But as the third option, he'll give you some moments. He'll give you some moments. No doubt, no doubt. All right, well, let's roll over to the, the association real quick. Um, the the shoe still hasn't dropped, and Kevin Durant movement, uh, Donovan Mitchell is still a Utah Jazz uh, as we speak. Um, but the Celtics have offered a Jalen Brown-led package for Kevin Durant. Um, they did that earlier in the week. However, the Celtics – I mean, I'm sorry, the Nets turned it down. Now, they offered Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a draft pick for Durant. That proposal, as I just said, was rejected. Um, Brooklyn has asked Boston that in any proposal that they send to him from now on, they had to include Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, a.k.a. the Defensive Player of the Year, draft picks, plural, and potentially one more rotation player, I guess that that would be covered um, with with Derek White. Um, the, the Celtics seemingly are less inclined to include Marcus Smart um, along with other players' picks and as, assets. Um, so the Celtics are basically mulling over the steps on how to de- approach these discussions in the future. Um, it's interesting that Marcus Smart seems to be where they draw their line because, you know, we know what he did for them this season. We know what he is. We also know what he's not. We also know that they they have acquired um, Malcolm Brogdon. So, like, in my opinion, Malcolm Brogdon makes Marcus Smart expendable if you're getting Kevin Durant in return. And – as soon as they said, you got to add Marcus Smart, I would have added him, got my Hall of Famer yeah. into the mix, yeah. and went out and won this championship next season. Um, so I don't know. We yeah, might absolutely. see that as a, as a counter, but it seems like with Marcus Smart, Boston is more – it seems like they're more along the lines of trying to be loyal at this point and see, don't work for you. If I got Malcolm Brogdon – who offensively is a better player than Marcus Smart anyway. You're going to lose something on the defensive end, but you're gaining Kevin Durant. <laughs> Come on, man. No-brainer in my opinion. What about you? Yo, if I'm a Boston fan, I show up outside of Marcus's house, <laughs> I lead the engine running. Yo, me and my homies here, we, we, could, uh, we could pack your bag. Would you rent we the truck for him? Up. Show up in the truck? Rent. Rent the truck. Here's my car. Here's the car keys. You got a truck. Just keep, take yours. Keep, yeah, keep keep them. Keep the uh, keep the key. Keep the car. Just have your ass in Brooklyn, and that's the way that it, it can go. Now, Marcus, if you're not willing to leave the way that we have it, then uh, you know what's what's the uh, what's the criminals what's the criminal's name from uh, the <laughs> Departed movie? <laughs> we got, I forgot. We got get we got get my man uh, Jack Nicholas and uh, Nicholson involved. We he might have to get. Ball. Speaking of, you know, going back to an earlier part Marcus of the show, Mark, he, he might have to get some penalty kicks. Me, he might have to get some penalty kicks. You got to get some penalty kick. He got to be departed though. Like he got to be departed. <laughs> you you, you got to go. And, and 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 I like and I like Marcus Smart. Like Marcus Smart is my type of player. Right. In some ways, like I love his moxie. I love overachiever. He don't even know that. He's an overachiever. He don't even know he's not supposed to be good. He hitting shots he shouldn't hit. He taking shots he shouldn't take. 
fearlessly, knocking them down. But, dog, you ain't no point guard at all. At all. Yeah. So he got Brian. He got to go. So, you know, thank, thank you for your service. <laughs> um, Kevin Durant. Y'all know who I am. Y'all, come on, I'm Kevin Durant. All right, so. Kevin uh, Durant. Right. Staying in the association, talking about point guards. Um, Colin Sexton for the, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, who's coming off of a meniscus tear. So, you know, there's that. He's a restricted free agent right now. There haven't been any offers made to him. So the Cleveland Cavaliers went out and made their own offer since there was nothing that they had to mull over and try to match. Now, they've offered Colin Sexton, um, how many years was it? I know the price. I believe it was three, yeah, three years, 13.3 million dollars for 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 Colin Sexton. Um I know how you feel sometimes about the market and stuff like that. But you do you feel 3 years for 40 I'm sorry, 3 years 40 million dollars, which is 13.3 million dollars per season. Do you feel that that might be a little bit disrespectful to to Colin Sexton that off that offer? Um I was I was so full candor. You you know me. You know how I am. And I was full well prepared to say, Why are we talking about this? This boy getting forty million dollars, he better be thankful. He better go in. And then I looked at Colin Sexton's Sexton's numbers. I was just about to ask you that. I'm like, have you peeped at his numbers though? By the <laughs> numbers by the numbers in today's market, which I offer the caveat, I do not agree with the market. I think the market is effed up. But y'all did this, and I'm looking at you, ownership. By the numbers, by the numbers, Colin Sexton is the equivalent of your uh, your nephew, Jalen Brunson. Oh, no. Like like whatever Jalen whatever Jalen oh. Brunson got, Colin Sexton should get that, if not a smidgen more. I'm about to say by the numbers he's better than Jalen Brunson. He's this better, is where is. this is where Colin Sexton Sexton is, is hurt. First of all, he 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 <laughs> tore his meniscus, so he only played eleven games last season. Last mm-hmm. season, the Cleveland Cavaliers made a jump. You know what I'm saying? And for most of the season, they were on the top half of the Eastern Conference. Now, had he gotten hurt after those 11 games and the Cavs got worse or they stayed where they were, he'd have more of an argument in, in the whole situation. But, you know, even starting the season, sharing time with Darius Garland, he gets hurt. Darius Garland becomes an all star pretty much. Um, it mm-hmm. makes Colin Sexton expendable. Now, you can look at it one way. You can kind of look at it. The fact that there have been no offers for him on the restricted free agent market kind of say the Cavs are kind of doing right by him by giving him a $40 million offer because nobody else seems to believe in him right now. But his last full season, which was um, 20- shortened by COVID, 
So sixty yeah. that that sixty games in twenty 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 one that was a real season. That's how many games they played that o- season? He o- played in sixty o- games. O- he started 60, sixty games. He played sixty games, thirty five minutes right. a game, and was putting up twenty four. Twenty four point three a game, four point four assists, three point one rebounds. Now this has always been the knock on Colin Sexton. He's a bit of a selfish player. He's not much of a playmaker, you know, in a point guard's body. He's he's more of a scorer. Like, he came in trying to be Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? Telling LeBron when he got drafted, you know what I'm saying, stay here. You don't have to leave. Me and you can do this, blah, blah, blah. He came in with the Kyrie swag, and he's more of a Kyrie-type guard. He'll break you down, score on you more so than get his other team involved. Shout out to Robert Moreland, still out there talking about Kyrie Irving is the best point guard of this generation. Kyrie Irving ain't even a point guard, but I digress. Yeah, um, he's just a guard. <laughs> right. Um, so for his career in four seasons, even, you know, with the injury, Colin Sexton averages 20 points per game, 3.3 assists, three rebounds, um, 0.8 steals. That's his career numbers. So you look at his career numbers and you look at the numbers – of the last full season he played, dude should be getting offered much more than $13.3 million per season. The issue is right now, like I said, when he left, they had another guard emerge. Yeah. They got better as a team. So he really doesn't have much ground to stand on unless another team makes an offer. Now I'm going to give you some names out here of people who signed a deal worth more than $13.3 million a season, who are, you know, players that you could argue Colin Sexton might be better than. Now, Spencer Dumley, as Jimmy calls him, he signed a deal worth $18 million per season coming off of a partially torn ACL. So, you know, that's an ACL versus a meniscus. That's a a more serious injury. Like you just said, that he's an older player. Tyus Jones will make $14.5 million per year in the deal he just signed. Despite starting as many games in his career, 72, than did as a rookie. Sexton started just as many games as a rookie as Tyus Jones has his whole career. And you know the numbers. And Tyus Jones is making $14.5 million. Markel Fultz, despite being the number one pick, he's making $16 million per year. Despite scoring fewer points in his entire five-year career, 14-23, than Sexton did in his last healthy season, which was only 60 games due to the COVID-shortened schedule. So, like I said, the thing's going against him. He's coming off a torn meniscus. He's never played in the playoffs. They kind of got better when he left. He only played at 11 games, so it really didn't mean they got better because he left. He just got hurt at the wrong time when the team was on the ascension. So now he's, you know, it's crazy, man. Over the five, over the last five seasons, B, a total of 32 players have averaged 24 points per game or more. Yeah. This is where they stand. 75% of that list, 75% of the 32 players, they're either currently playing on a max contract or has signed a max contract that hasn't kicked in yet, cats like Bradley Beal. You know, people like that. 
Four of the remaining eight were on max contracts when they reached that criterion of 24 points per game. Blake Griffin, Kimball Walker, DeMarcus Cousins, James Harden. But those contracts have since either expired or been bought out. Three of the four left are on slightly sub-max contracts. DeMar DeRozan, Jalen Brown, and Julius Randle. And that last one is Colin Sexton, who's getting offered 13.3 and no other yeah. offers from outside. So, have, so that's so why I, I brought this up. Have, like, man, I didn't want to spend this much time yeah. on Colin Sexton, but I kind of think the ball being disrespectful. We got, yeah, we got to talk about the money, though. It's, it's, the show's about contracts. So, I, I, so, so, first of all, I agree by the numbers. Me, personally, I put him north of Jalen Brunson. I'm not saying where north, not I ain't discussing no max deals. But the last we saw Jalen Brunson though, he was getting it down in the playoffs, making it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. So you know how that you know yeah, the that, that means of, in, in, you know, in even my though mind, Colin Sexton I would pay, has never played with Luca you know Yeah. With, with Luka, I would I Dante. would pay Colin Sexton twenty million per. I would and that's, I, what, he's, today's that's, market, and that's what he's asking. That's what he's asking. I, I would pay. See, I didn't even know that. I'm just looking yeah. at the market. I'm just looking at the contracts, looking at now. Here's the knock, and here's where I'll go as to what I'm thinking as an NBA executive. We are paying this man because he's a clip, and you need and you need clips. You he can need, be a you can't man. Go to, the NBA, the NBA is a gun. The NBA is a gunfight. You need clips. But there's a diminishing value on an undersized guard that is just a clip. That can get hot. That can get hot and give you nights of 30, 40, shit, even 50. There's a value to a guy like Garland who I believe can consistently give you 18 to 21 but can match that with eight to ten assists. He does other things. He affects yeah, I, the I'll game. I'll definitely give. I'll definitely ways. tell anybody that I think Darius Garland is a better basketball. He's a better player. player. A Kyle Sexton is a bucket getter, and He's most bucket, bucket getter, getters too. are making twenty five million or more. Now yeah, this is yeah. Derek Rose. He, he, is he's making suffering. More than what he's, making. he's suffering from the same thing that happened to Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas is a bucket gift. He's a little bucket gift. Right. But that's all he was. That's all he could do. If you're a one-trick pony, then that trick has to shine through no matter what, and you're at a serious risk if that's the only way that you affect the game, right? So when that injury happens, I'm looking at you like, damn, all you can do is get buckets, and that's in, in jeopardy. If I got a three-tool player, let's let's talk in baseball terms. And, and, I got we, a three and, we, and we took your buckets away, and yeah. we're a pretty good team this season. And we're a pretty Playing good team now. Darius Garland, in my mind, is what I would call a three a three-tool player. And and the tools are, first of all, as a setup man and lead guard, he's giving, he's creating, he's creating for others. Second, he's scoring. Third, I feel like he manages the pace of the game. He's a floor general. So those three tools, that's his influence and effect on the game. Your right. man, Sexton, is, 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 he's a clip. And, and, and like you anybody, said, because in his highest output mm-hmm. season, he averaged 24 and a half a game, while Garland this season with his highest output 
He gave you almost that. He gave you 21.7, almost 22 a game. But he gave you the damn near nine assists. Almost nine assists. So there's yeah. a difference. So that's, that's a big difference. That's right the value. That's the value. I feel like with Garland, man, there's a night where Garland could be off and only have 15 points but still give me right. 12 assists. But he's still going to contribute. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So, like, I think a Colin Sexton should fall somewhere around the $19, $20 million range, even if you want to bring him off the bench as a six-man clip. Mm-hmm. That's what I think Dude yeah. should be making. I think he's being disrespected a little bit right now. But they can do that. They can disrespect him because nobody else is making his restricted free agency offers. So by them giving him any type of offer, they still seem to be looking out for him. At least they can play it that way until some more offers come and they are forced with the choice of whether to match, you know, the offer or not. Um, Some other cats from the restricted free agent markets in years past that hit deals in the $20 million range, Lonzo Ball, Malcolm Brogdon, Terry Rozier, um, all of those cats hit in the $20 million range on the restricted market through signing trades. Now, comparing those names is kind of like the same with what you were saying with Garland. Lonzo Ball is not going to give you 20 a game, but Lonzo Ball is going to give you a little bit of everything. He's going to contribute, and he's going to play good defense. That kind of trumps, you know, the the contributions of um, Sexton, who's just a clip. Brogdon, the same thing. He's going to give you more than one thing. Terry Rozier on this list might be the closest thing to what Colin Sexton is. Um, yeah, they, they're, they're similar. But even yeah. Terry, but even Terry, Terry is a much better defender than 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 Sexton. Right. And He'll I've never even paid at least two attention. tools. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Shout out to him. Uh, like I said, the theme is uh, contract. So. Young boy, we hope you get your money, but uh, right now you're in a little bit of a conundrum because of the injury, because of the improvement of the team while you were gone, and because of the fact that nobody else is offering offering you on the on the restricted free agent market right now. Um, so just looking at the raw numbers, thirteen and a half, I'm like, that's a little disrespectful for a bucket getter like Colin Sexton. But right now, as they say. It is what it is. <laughs> Nothing you can really do about it until somebody else. You better find a friend in the league that really don't want you but offer you at least sixteen, seventeen million, something that they might match. Um, but nobody really if they don't really want you, they're not gonna do that either because if Cleveland say F O H then they're gonna be stuck with him. All right, so our stat of the week, man, your boy LeBron Jizanes. He drops forty two points and sixteen rebounds. In his first appearance in the Drew League since 2011, which was the lockout uh, NBA lockout year, um, he joined Chicago Bulls forward DeMar DeRozan on the same team last Saturday in the Drew League. Um, they got a uh, LeBron put up 42 and 16. They got a 104-102 win. Uh, DeMar chipped in with 30 points and 14 rebounds. Now, when this happened. I looked at it, you know, I saw who he was playing with, B, and I had made a joke. Like, damn, like, even in the Drew League, like, Brian ain't going to do it unless he get the team up, right? Yep. I was joking. But then I read something today that said, before doing it, LeBron reached out to DeMar DeRozan to see if he would, you know. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, 
damn, like, even in the Drew League, you can't just show up, like, you know, like Kobe and all them, show up to the Rucker, show up to the Drew, and just balled out. And the crazy thing is, I've seen this, like, I've looked at footage of Harden's first Drew League uh, game a few years back, the year after he won MVP. On his team was P.J. Tucker and Montrez Harrell, and I think maybe one other dude. So I'm like, yo, why these dudes can't just show up to the Drew League and ball? Like, why they got to go team up? Like, the generation we're living in. But I'm going to keep it a foul out with you, and, and I'll be talking positive about P.J. Tucker, but that ain't really teaming up if you got P.J. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy because I was looking at footage of the game and – yeah, yo, PJ. Like when, PJ was just being regular PJ. Like every five minutes, yo, he was in somebody's face trying to start a fight. Do, he don't do nothing in a Drew League game that he don't do in a regular NBA game. So it's kind of like corny. Like you can't even tell he's an NBA player. Not like he's gonna mix you up. You not. He just go to the corner. Right. Like that's three, your time to. That's your time to show. That's that your that time to, to bring show. Yeah, yeah, show Mon- show stuff that you're not allowed to do in the NBA because you're not Trez, good enough to do Trez it on the Harrell, NBA level. On the other hand, Trez, yo, Trez taking the ball coast to coast. He's doing he doing backflips. He he's doing around the world. In that game. He's doing, yeah, yo, he's doing whatever yeah. he wants. He's screaming he in everybody's super, face. PJ was literally fighting and strong arming people for rebounds and going back up, shooting layups. Like that's what PJ yeah. was doing. Like, dude, this is yeah, truly corny. You while Harden doing like triple step back, step to the side, yeah. three. Listen, don't even say that. Harden out there while Harden out there <laughs> traveling and double dribbling to the crowd's delight. <laughs> All right, yeah. so our 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 stat of the week. Ron is a teaming up dude, man. Yeah, yeah it definitely is. I can't because I definitely was joking. I can't respect it. I, I was I definitely joking. It. I was like, you know, maybe Demar, you know. I don't know. Maybe Demar just decided I'm gonna play this week too. LeBron really reached out to the dude before like committing. Yeah, I'm like, damn, Brian, like, just go out this the Julie, man, just go out there and ball, bust their ass. All right, but shout out to him though. Forty two and sixteen, that's nothing to sneeze at. Thirty and fourteen for for DeRozan. Our stat of the week, man. I'm I'm sorry. Our quote of the week. <laughs> I'm gonna just go ahead and read it. Our quarter of the week, we stand in the in the NBA. I'm watching the 98 Bulls versus Utah in the finals. I can't help but notice our 2017 team would have beaten these Bulls by a dub and these Jazz by 40 if they're going to play these brands of basketball. And that's why it's dumb to compare errors. And, of course, that quote comes from none other than Draymond with a T, Green, who, you know, has convinced himself that he is the catalyst behind the four championships <laughs> of <laughs> of the uh, Golden State Warriors. That's crazy because I used to defend Draymond. Draymond was always a bit of an underrated glue to that team, but now that he's starting to smell himself because of these four rings, so, Draymond is becoming a little he, bit more unbearable with not, all of his takes. I think he disrespects himself. past generations a little too much and a little too loosely. What do you think about these comments? We would have beat these Bulls by a dub and these Jazz by 40 if they're going to play these brands of basketball. Well, that was the brand of basketball that they were playing in 1998. Like, if you had to – if they had to drop you in 1998 
and ball wasn't what it was now, you couldn't live. Y'all probably would have lost by forty to both of these teams. Yeah. Yo. Now, if you funny. drop it's them funny. in twenty seventeen, I mean twenty. Yeah, if you drop them in twenty seventeen, and they had to play your brand of basketball. Yeah, you're going to be way more competitive against a Bulls team as long as they got that dude on that side. I still don't Yo, guarantee you a win. I still don't guarantee I don't, you a they, win. They're guaranteed they're not winning. But here, here's the funny thing, right? So, he, first of all, Draymond, you're bragging on the way down. And I'm sure since this is contract, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're focusing on contracts. We're going to get to his I'm contract right, dispute right, here momentarily. Right. He, he ain't but even the player we used to defend. You're bragging on the way down. Like, as you just said, he's not even the player he once was. I'm not even sure he get no business anymore. Like, you're on the way down, and you're talking, oh, don't this, get no you're, you're talking this crazy talk. And notice this, right? So, yes, the three-pointer is a point of emphasis right now. Yes. Yes, it is. Right? Positionless basketball. If you want to get technical, I believe that 96 to 98 Bulls team was a precursor to what we see today. Yes, they ran with a big. They ran with a big. But the one through the four were interchangeable offensively. Tony Kukoc can play the two, the three, and the four. Scottie Pippen can play the one, the two, the three, and the four. Mike can play the one, the two, and the three. Ron Harper can play the one, the two, and the three. The two, the three so, yeah. so where, so where is the mismatch? Other Dennis, than y'all Dennis up, could y'all chucking up three. Dennis could play oh, really three, four, five. Really, and and if Dennis Dennis can play to. three, four, five if he wants and guard, to guard one, two, three, four. Ath- <laughs> athletically, athletically, he was one of those guys. To your point, where how LeBron gets LeBron can defend the one through the five. Nah. Dennis Rodman can defend the one through the five. Scottie Pippen can defend the one through the four. So there was that interchangeableness. And Kukoc, in today's NBA, with an emphasis on the three, I give Kukoc low 40s as a three-point shooter. Yeah, he played a bigger role. He played a bigger role in the Bulls if it was today's NBA. He might start. <laughs> They might move Dennis to the five, and he might start. Yo, and I'm not. I'm gonna sound like a. I'm gonna sound like a fanboy, so I'm not even gonna say what I'm gonna say. What what I'm thinking about Mike? I'm gonna just go with what you said. Where Mike is, even in today's rules. See, the problem with today's game is you have a gentleman who likes to go to the wall, and there's you cannot touch him. You can't touch him. Mike averaged 37 a game when you could put, you could lay hands upon E. You can't touch him, and there's no, <laughs> no. one there to, to block the rim. When, when he had dude to pick himself up the floor, off the floor six times a game, averaged 37 Yo, a game. dude would average 45. You're, you're putting Michael Jordan, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, on the runway against guards that can't hand check and big men that don't want to be at the rim. What do what you think that's going to do? DeMar, DeMar DeRozan is still efficient, effective, and an all-star. Had his best season ever. That's Mike's game. That's Mike's game. But but Mike is Mike, and DeMar DeRozan is DeMar. So my point being, DeMar DeRozan's game is what Mike's game would be minus the steroids. You add steroids to DeMar DeRozan, you got Michael Jordan. 
Ain't nobody stopping DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. So ain't nobody stopping Mike, man. Come on, man. Come yeah, on, I, man. Th- I think, I really think, first of all, this is supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be a fraternity. But this intergenerational hating is starting to get crazy. And it's not just some of the new dudes mm-hmm. that have the, the nerve to speak up about you know, older generations like Draymond. Um, I think J.J. Reddick got real disrespectful uh, with comments Yo, recently. Jerry West dropped um, him off. Yeah, he definitely did. And, but I but I, I, still think he took it easy on him. I think he wanted to say more. He was carefully placing his words. But I also think, you know, it's a lot of the same thing going on from the, the older generation towards the new dudes. But to, be, to keep it 100, I think when you're a part of a new generation and you're, I mean, come on, you've got to know that y'all are a bit, like the style of play, even if you aren't, the style of play is softer. But I think it's more disrespectful for them to go back and disrespect cats of the past because y'all are making 30, 40, and now $50 million a year off of the, 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 the foundation that these guys laid. So it would behoove me to be disrespecting dudes of the past when they made it possible for me to do what I'm doing. They made it possible for us to really sit here and argue that a dude named Colin Sexton should be making $20 million. Because $20 million ain't jack in today's game. That's middle-of-the-road type player. <laughs> you I got to like Draymond making more than I'm gonna keep it. $20 million. I'm going to keep it with Draymond. Like, I'm going to keep it with Draymond. Draymond got a kill, man. He's real disrespectful. Draymond averages eight points a game, about seven rebounds. <laughs> He's Robert Ory about the jump shot. <laughs> and cats are legitimately are, – first of all, human beings had the nerve to put that in an all-star game. And secondly, Draymond, and I'm here to tell you right now, hold me to it, if they put Draymond – in the hall, I will never watch an NBA game afterwards. Draymond is my man. I defended him just like you. If they put Draymond in the Hall of Fame and I'm alive, I all bets are I will never watch the NBA again. <laughs> I will never. We're going to have to hold you to that because they're going to put him in there. No, I will never watch. Yo, you could take Draymond's average points average out of Michael Jordan's career point average, and Mike is still a Hall of Famer. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. So, Jay, Draymond, <laughs> chill. JJ Reddick, you definitely chill. Because I mean, you like what has he done? Big JJ Reddick. Um, Yo. All right, before we go to what happened while y'all was on while y'all was on the grind. Uh, we're going to go to the phone line. We got Tobias calling in from out in Arizona. Let's go to him for a couple minutes so he can probably go ahead and steal the rest of our topics that we're about to talk about. <laughs> what up? What up? What up? <laughs> what hey, up, yo? Roll down, roll down tight, fellas. Alabama's been raking up in a recruiting class. And what? I'll still Alabama till like Friday, but, uh, you know, y'all got God, a new y'all got a new crop of y'all got a new crop of slaves coming in on the ship. <laughs> hey, they are big, they strong, and they athletic. But uh, <laughs> hey, somebody got to be like Bishop on the X Men and Days of Future Past, where you send them over to the Sentinels. But on uh, mute. But uh, one thing I get 
all right. Probably tells you the contract. Alabama got to deal with fanatics now, where they got a fanatic story of the game. Players can do autograph signing, merch with their names on and stuff, so they can control NIL stuff. And I think teams going to be doing that a lot more, keep an eye on that. And Alabama got the number one and two corner this year, and number one and two safety again, and two top ten quarterbacks. It's a dumbass right for Alabama asked if Nick State was out of touch of recruiting. But anyway, I mean, but that's neither here nor there. How are you going to be out of yeah. touch when, when, when NIL is in the mix now? Whoever got the most money, you know, Bama, I tell you what improved now. You know, they got bread. So, yeah. whoever got the yeah, because money. A, yeah, he asked that because a five-star defensive lineman from Alabama who grew up a fan went to Clemson, and the guy said Dabo relates more to teenagers. And I'm like, the same Dabo who said he'll walk away from the game if players get paid, that's either here or there. But uh, y'all talk. I saw a 6'5", 290-something-pound 14-year-old in Ohio um, <laughs> nose tackle mauling dudes this week on some video footage. So I figure Alabama probably had already offered him. He'll be in the mix soon. Yeah, he's going. He, even, he's though, even though he's going he's into a sophomore, he's going into a sophomore campaign in high school. It don't I'm matter. Sure he's yeah. already in the mix. Ohio State going to be salty. Because I'm pretty sure Saban already got him. But go ahead, go ahead. Hey, he got a crisis, he got a crisis 300 weight for him already. But uh, <laughs> that's why I know with a white girl with a white girl in the front seat and a white girl in the back. Dang, <laughs> all right. But uh, y'all talk about contracts, right? Think about it. Like y'all talk about like how the old young heads go to the old head and how Jordan was doing today's game. Here's one for you. Remember when Michael Jordan and the Bulls played against the Phoenix Suns? The best Phoenix Suns team ever, right? Barkley at his best MVP. That Suns team played like today's NBA, right? We can all agree on that. Yeah. Michael averaged 41, 8, and 6. (laughs) And the the reason why y'all say he could ball today is that these teams don't even guard the mid-range. And they just let you take the mid-range because it's all dunks and layups. Let me, uh, let, me, let me give you another one because I used to even think that it was an exaggeration when people would be like, oh, Mike would average like 45 in today's NBA. But for the reasons that you laid out, the reasons that B laid out earlier, and one that we haven't discussed, I know it's possible. Remember, they switch everything. Michael Jordan can yep. get an inferior defender on him every play just by sending Dennis Rodman up there to set a screen. Or sending, uh, being in the game with like a Steve Kerr, let him set a screen. Now Mike got his man, turn his back to him, turn around, fade away, boom. Like, easy work. Here's the other thing. Easy work. Here's the other thing. Like, and I use Luca as an example. The the paint's not clogged anymore. It's probably everybody standing in the corner and maybe one guy in the paint. With Jordan, those guys played, the paint was clogged. And he still mm-hmm. shot almost fifty percent for his career. Well, people think that, but uh, that's why his like highlight reel, especially his early highlight reel, is full of him floating in the air and switching the ball to different sides and doing all kinds of crazy hang time moves because you had to switch it through three people in the main just to get the shot off. Like yeah. remember that famous shot against the the Hornets, I believe, where a dude went up and was in the air for like nine seconds. <laughs> Put the ball to the, the left, yep. the ball to the, the right, net. went back to the, the left. Yep. You got to worry about that. Yep. Huh? And, uh, 
like hey, all that's of them what up and under in different. the air, all that kind of stuff. You ain't got to do all that, man. Yeah, because also Steve Kerr will be getting fifteen a year. Cool coach will be on a max deal. Jeff Hornacek <laughs> will be on a max deal Yo. right now. So Yo. I hear people talking these players. These people will be Yo. getting paid right now, but. But, uh, Dubai, yo, Dubai, yeah, Dubai, we talk, we talking about your Bulls. Do you realize in this day and age, you bring that team forward, yo, Scotty Pippen takes Kukoc's role and Kukoc takes Scotty Pippen's role. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you yep. know, and like, and like, uh, y'all talk Colin Sexton. If I'm Colin Sexton, I'd probably be better off just playing on a qualifying offer and just being a being an iron to free agent next season. I thought I thought about I thought about that too. I thought he should go back to them and say, Listen, pay me pay me thirty give me two years thirty two million. Play it out. Take, yep. thir- take that deal, get a get back to free agency, ball out, and then get his money. Shit, yeah, that's, that's what you gotta do. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, two years. Like you said, let me become a free agent next year. <laughs> take take what you got to uh, take. Become unrestricted next year. He came off an injury, too. And he's not KD where you can get a max deal. You know, it came off an injury. He's not at that level. And, uh, and as an undersized two-guard whose passing is fifth in his priority, uh, he was like that in Alabama also. Maybe he's better off as that six-man. You know, yeah, um, yeah and, you know that's maybe his destiny. Uh, but like Kyle Murray, you know, people in Phoenix are kind of pissed off right about this, right? And mm-hmm. people keep like, you never listen to a hot take media on certain things because they don't know what they're talking about. The Arizona Cardinals did not have to give Kyle Murray a new contract; they still had his rights for two years. Uh, what was Kyle going to do? Sit out? He's not going to play for the Oakland. Wasn't it Kingsbury who was more so fighting for it? Yeah, I think so. But not guess really what? The organization. Yeah, he could. He just, he just trying to be a good coach. That's all. That that is. But because uh, why the hell are you giving two hundred thirty million dollars to a guy who's lazy? You're rewarding being lazy. And how does that affect the other, the rest of the team? Where it's like, hold on, this guy got this bread. He don't even put the work in. And I'm supposed to put the work in, and they paid him early. And what? Well, okay, he gonna play baseball. Guess what? The Oakland A's entire payroll is like forty something million dollars. They sent their long all star to the game on coach. <laughs> like, like you know, <laughs> sorry, bro. And, uh, and so, if the Cardinals said, "Nah, we're gonna play it out," any shows the thing first. What was Kyler gonna do? He can't sit out because you get fined heavily. He got two years left on his deal. Who are they competing against? Who was out there clamoring that we'll trade for Kyler Murray and pay him? Because his team was then trying to trade for him, they probably would have traded him. And they say, well, what what are we going to do when we don't have him? You got him for two years on your deal already. <laughs> you know? Uh, you tell him play on it. If he doesn't like it, you get, here's the fine schedule. I don't know what's so hard about that. So what do you think about the the clauses in it? What do you think about the study clause? If you have to put a clause in there, he ain't your he ain't that guy. No matter how great the media says he is, 
This is how you know he doesn't study. He sucks at the second half of every season. They figure the when, good teams figure him out. I was about to say, when teams start to make adjustments to your early season success, you're saying they, he don't do anything to counter that? Oh, yes, and it gets better. He's never thrown over 4,000 yards in a season in a passing league. Yeah. Uh, he is Captain Checked Out. Everything be dinking and dunking with him. And I just think that you have to play it out. He ain't Mahomes or Josh Allen where you pay. He's like, all right, this is dude. I'm going to pay him now. He ain't that dude. And, uh, and I just think that the media hypes him up because they like him. And I just – because if you're lazy, I'm not giving you $200 million. I'm sorry. And I hate to say this to you guys, maybe a sore subject, Ben Simmons never worked on his game, and the Sixers maxed him out. He saw what he saw how that worked out. <laughs> he, you know? And so if you're lazy, why reward that? And, uh, oh, and y'all, and y'all, I know y'all know y'all talk about Jimmy G. The media loves him, too. Here's a stat for you. Now they talk about all he does is win. In the playoffs, Jimmy G has a passer rating at, uh, in seven playoff games, 74.1. With 962 yards, four touchdowns, six interceptions, and seven damn playoff games. <laughs> they make it. 49ers made it to the Super Bowl in spite of. <laughs> like Jimmy G, I never, I never said like, oh, Jimmy G a bum. But Jimmy G is not. Like I can understand why they feel like they have to move on with younger talent. And Shanahan has said that. It's um this is Trey Lance's team now. So they have given Jimmy Garoppolo uh full reign to go out there and see if he can find a trade partner for himself. So they be better off they be better off just cutting them because no one's taking on that twenty five million right now because you're right, because camp has started. A lot of these teams caps are pretty much set right now. So uh and it, so they because I think he'd be on the Giants. But the, the problem with the Niners is they have to let him go because you don't want you don't want anybody on that team saying, man, if Jimmy's on the team, well, we could put him in right now. You need your backup to be god-awful if you got someone like Trey Lance back there who's <laughs> learning. Uh, you want Chase Daniels as a backup, someone who doesn't even want to play. Uh, you don't want someone <laughs> who thinks they should be starting. <laughs> Chase Daniels is one cash them checks. He's made a lot of money. And remember – and you remember social media bullied the Niners to take a Trey Lance, even though he only played one season of Division Two ball and he didn't play his last season but one game because of, well, you can't draft Mac Jones. Mac had a decent season last year. What if Mac Jones is better than Trey Lance? You know? Okay. Uh, and, and, so up. and my last thing is I got, I got to channel my inner Rob here. Why is everyone hyping up your Eagles, man? Why does there? Why does the media believe in Jalen Hurts? Except for you, I don't know. Jeff, I mean, Ryan, they've, and me. they've done um, they've done yeah. some they've done some great stuff around him this post, this uh, off season. It's really going to depend on him, and I don't have that that confidence right now that he's going to do with all of that talent what he what the team could do if they had a better signal caller. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb. Please prove me. I'm gonna me. go out on a limb, Tobias, as an old school Please. Eagles fan. 
and we're we're probably not as invested as we once were, Dev. But this is going to be one of them seasons where we're when gonna, you watch, we're going to Super Bowl. So I need you going you going you going to throw you going to end up throwing <laughs> stuff at the t at the TV. You're going to end up throwing <laughs> stuff because and the reason is because the level of talent that they've accumulated in the math. I'm not saying where that talent could take us, QB. But if you slide a top ten a top ten quarterback into that spot, it's no telling where that Eagles team could go talent wise. There's no yeah because they, they got to play the games. They got to play the game, but it's no telling. What I'm fearful of is now you got all of that talent, and we got we got the black Kevin Cobb at quarterback. <laughs> Here's the problem. Well, we got some breaking news. Uh, Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf signing a three-year, $72 million contract extension. That includes $58.2 million guaranteed. The deal includes a $30 million signing bonus, the highest ever for a wide receiver. Metcalf will be a free agent again at 27 years old. So the young man has done well for himself, right. even though his production is going to go down because he ain't got nobody to throw him the damn ball. But go ahead, Tobias, what you, what you about to say? I'll say I this real it. quick. That was smart. That was smart that he took a short deal. Yeah, I, I took that. He get back out before he turned 30. Definitely. Yeah. And, Definitely. and uh, also, Jalen Hurts, I got to be the bearer of bad news. I got to be a dose of reality. Cause I'm, I ain't mean to say Robert, I meant to say uh, Hank. But uh, Jalen well, Hurts, like I was down means. with him. Okay, good. Good job, Rob. Appreciate that. I, I appreciate <laughs> that, but. If you go 13 with 33 in a national championship game in a passing league, when you can only he can also throw screens and dump off to the running back, you ain't that guy. You ain't getting better. I'm still hot about that game, by the way. I know, but, uh, but you bring it up every time we talk about this dude. I know. We could have beat them motherfuckers. But anyway, uh, the problem with Jalen Hurts is something that, that you cannot teach. It's something that you got to have. He's an RPO quarterback meaning that he does not throw with anticipation. In the NFL, you throw cats open, you got to be anticipation and be on time. When the when the Buccaneers was on camera saying he can't read, and you got Devontae Smith wanting to punch him because he missed a touchdown way too long, and he doesn't nice. have a strong arm, what, all he has nice. is people like him. And, they really uh, did and, not and, take us or him seriously because of but they didn't take us seriously because of him. And, and, and the problem is the worst thing that can happen to Eagles is if they win a division because they're going to pay Jalen Hurts. You don't want to miss the playoffs this year so they, they have no inkling of paying this guy because he's going to be a quarterback wins mode guy. You cannot pay this guy because I'm just being honest here. He ain't it. Nice kid. If I had a daughter, he could date her. But that's the thing. They're gonna grab. They're gonna grab that wild card. They're gonna pay him, even though he's probably gonna fizzle out in the playoffs. Because that's when the real teams, like you know, show you that you ain't what you think you are. But we'll see, man. I'm hoping, yep. I'm praying hey. that he proves us wrong. Oh, we'll and by better. the way, the Buccaneers starting center is out for the season with a torn ACL. He had that in camp today. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, oh, they diagnosed yeah. it? Because the last I heard, they, they weren't they weren't going to be able to diagnose it for a few. It's one of them things probably we know what it is, but we just going to be dramatic. The devil threw his helmet down at, at practice. So he, he got hurt. 
That's crazy yeah. though, they got three interior linemen that they're missing right now. So Tom Brady yeah. got to be like, damn, I should have I should have stayed at home and chill with the Superman. <laughs> yeah, but hey, man, you guys have a good one, man. You guys keep doing the good work, man. Alright, man. Peace. Talk to you next week. Alright, Pete. Alright, man. Uh what happened this week while you guys were on the grind? And while you're on the grind is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website solution? Then listen up. For dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions while everything is inflating in these here United States of America, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And yes, financing options are available. So visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203. That's 267-205-4203. And for discounted rates, for that hookup, make sure you tell them that the guys over at War Room Sports sent you. All right. While y'all were on the grind this week, y'all president reportedly offering a prisoner swap for Brittany Griner. Now, we've been hearing talks of this for months, but, you know, the government never did anything about it. To the much, much to the chagrin of Congress, who has never been too keen on prisoner swaps, um, we heard that an offer has been made to get Brittany Griner and uh, what's his name? Whalen. What's his first name? I forgot his first name. Paul Whalen, um, who's also been a prisoner over. Uh, he's been, I think, he's been sentenced to like 16 years in prison uh, in Russia for what they call espionage. Um, the swap would be for Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan for Victor Bout, which is a convicted Russian arms trafficker serving a 25-year U.S. prison sentence. Now, Victor Bout is the guy, yes, that they call the merchant of death. So, B, like, are we really about to swap a, a WNBA player for the merchant yeah. of death? Like, we're going to put this ball back on the street? Um. Is this a good idea? Yo, yo, can I, yo, yo. I, and I said Congress, I not, feel, not, not Congress. It's the Department of Justice that's generally against prisoner trades. My bad. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it, it's the policy. So there's, this is deep here, right? So historically, mm-hmm. looking at the spirit, the quote-unquote spirit of America and how it deals with tyranny and when it's not, you know, being the merchant and dealer of said tyranny, but how they deal with tyranny is not to negotiate with it. Right. I.e., we don't negotiate with terrorists. And looking at what's going on in Ukraine, it can be argued that Russia is damn near a terrorist state, right? So you're negotiating for a prisoner swap of a young lady who worst case scenario I, you know listen this is a this is a reach for me to say this but she'll be home in 24 months 
if if no one does anything, she'll be home. Now I'm saying that because of her her stature, because of publicity, the Russians could decide to go a whole other direction. But based on if you're watching the trial, based on their law, they've only sentenced her to like six months as she's pled guilty to what she's pled guilty to. So six months, she's home. But even if you roll that out, she's she's home. She's home. You know, who knows what goes on, the political conditions, the climate. I, I You know, that's a risk. It's a, it is a risk. That's fair. You're, Public you're pressure. negotiating a prisoner swap with a guy who at minimum indirectly, directly to a quarter of a million deaths. How does that? How does that even? And here's the thing, right? It's dangerous, man. Your man, your man, Joe, man. Your man, Joe, right? So I, I, I know why the public put him in office, and I don't fault the public for it. I get it. I get it. I understand. But Joe has a level of competency that is, in my estimation, only a step or two above incompetence. Like he's not, he's not the last bull. The last bull was just bat shit out of you know whatever. But Joe has a lot of whack ish with it, and this is this is that whack ish kind of rearing its head. You're capitulating to the demands, not even demands of of, of Russia, but the demands of the people because you want to keep your popularity and Q rating high enough. I was just about to say, is he pandering right now to possibly yeah, resecure the black vote, especially the black he's female pandering. vote? He's he's pandering. But what he don't realize secure. is, like, as much as black women complain when the situation comes up, and I'm gonna get in trouble for this. As much as they complain when the salary um, disparity between the basketball leagues come up, they don't support the WNBA. <laughs> They they don't go to games. They don't watch games. They don't know any of these players. So a lot of Yo, it is all talk. So you're going to pander and do something this dangerous we, for that we vote. Battle, and we, it don't really mean they're going to support you, though. We, we, they might we, say we battling, we battling for who's going to get their ass kicked the most by, by, by women, period. But I'm going to go ahead and say this because it is, it's the righteous thing to say. You never pander. You never pander to evil. You never pander to the negative. You never – you never compromise righteousness to appease others, right? Yo, this is just the wrong thing to do. Women's lib, women, black women, LGBTQIA plus 17, 9 to the eighth power, be damned. Be damned. You're not going to put a mass murderer back on the block to get Brittany Griner home. Are you are you kidding? Like like yo, <laughs> yo, because you're getting your ass kicked in the Q rating, you're pandering for the, not just the black vote, but for for the left the left vote, right? Because she is a, is symbolic, not just a black woman, but symbolic to the LGBTQIA seventeen power. Like she she represents them. BLM and all of them type of them type of people rally around that, and so we're bamboozling. And I'm not saying we, because I, ain't, but they're bamboozling themselves into believing 
that this is a justifiable and right move. And it's it's not built on sound it's not built on sound policy. It's not built on sound foreign policy, particularly not not aggression when when you're in an, a a situation of aggression. We're not at war. They're not at war. They're not even in a conflict. But Russia is definitely a a, a, a an almost an enemy state. Like what are you doing? What are you doing? <clears throat> this is right. so cool. Speaking of WNBA big big men or big women, uh a new sports word has entered the lexicon this week when the headlines read that um, Liz Cambridge and the L.A. Sparks are divorcing her contract. <laughs> weird, weird, weird way to say no, it, but no. that's what no, 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 this, no. This has been happening. She, she's like the third or fourth player that I've seen this happen to recently. Yeah, there was, there was a. There was a big time player, not that she's not big time, but there was like a, a all star center that came to work one day because Dana Tarasi and Skylar Diggins be going at each other. She decided, yo, I want off the team. I'm gone. So they and divorced they just her contract. Divorced her contract. <clears throat> all right, so Liz Cambridge has a history of being difficult. Now, this goes, you know, to her WNBA career, and it goes, you know, to her Olympic career with her home country of Australia. But this is what happened between she and the Sparks. Y'all know she's 6'8", all-star, Australian center. When she went to the Sparks, she was like, you know, this is where I want to be. The Sparks have your back way more than my Australian team, blah, blah, blah. So she went in there with this kumbaya spirit that we that we immediately found out pretty fake now you know they're acting like this is an amicable split but inside the locker room there's a whole lot more to the story they said as soon as she came in she requested to wear number eight but the sparks informed her that that number would be retired in honor of delicia milton jones you know one of the originals um so she asked for number one, but that number belonged to a current player, forward Amanda Zahui B. Um, so they said, according to sources, then Sparks coach NGM Derek Fisher, before he got fired, because they said Derek Fisher was the person who was hype about signing her against the will of the rest of the organization. And now he's fired, and they were stuck with her up until this divorce. But they said... Fisher approached Zahui B about giving the number to Cambridge, and she politely declined, explaining that the number meant a lot to her. Cambridge touched the number. to say management eventually made the call to Brody Zahui B for the number and give it to Liz Cambridge. The chick Zahui B found out about the number change on social media. <laughs> so it was like, you, you were just like, if you didn't, if she didn't see this on social media, she was just gonna come into work, and they were just gonna give her a, a, a number, a different number with her name on the back of it. So they brodied her into it. They said that wasn't the only thing that she did that didn't sit well with teammates. They said uh, she was on Saturday. She was leisurely running up the court, complaining while playing against her former team, the Las Vegas Aces. Um, they said uh, it stemmed from her not getting enough from her teammates. Her teammates which they said uh, was, no, was normal behavior for her, the four-time WNBA All-Star, not just with the Sparks, but 
with teams she's been on in the past. Teammates couldn't help but acknowledge her discontent, and in return, out of annoyance, they began force-feeding her the ball, regardless of what the play they were supposed to run. The Sparks got smashed, 84-66. to 66. I think the team was trying to send that message. All right, we're going to give you the ball, and we're going to get our asses kicked because you ain't that good. So they said afterwards she rushed to the locker room to get dressed for an early exit out of the arena after finishing with 11 points and five boards in 22 minutes. Prior to departing the locker room, she said this out loud. She said, I can't do this anymore. Best of luck to you guys before storming out. <laughs> and then after that, you know, all of this happened. Yo, what's up with Liz? I mean, I climbed that tree, but that tree's starting to fall on you. <laughs> oh, hold up, B. All right, you unmuted, my bad. Yeah. What's yeah, up with I, Liz, I man? Bang. Acting like a petulant child. I bang that. Yeah. Tr- I bang that drum. Um, <laughs> I think that we are we are coming to a place in society where there's an intersection between mental health, right? Mental mm-hmm. health, emotional health, and, and entitlement, and, and <laughs> entitlement and privilege, and there can actually honestly be a bit of both. There could be a bit of both, but I think that going through establishing boundaries and enduring hardships, and these aren't even hardships, but enduring the things where it's like, no, you can't get your way, is actually teachable moments. And I feel like some segments of society, you could could argue that in the past, Their mistreatment, if you're looking at it as a pendulum, the pendulum was swung against them for so long. It is now swung back in the opposite direction, and they are exhibiting some of the behaviors of the people they point the finger at as being their oppressors or the people that have, have torn them asunder in certain instances, if you will, right? I think that this whole notion of, you know, equality, we know, we, we, we look at fairness and equality as the same and it's not, and there's nuances, but those nuances have huge implications. It's small, maybe small differences, but being off a half a degree when you, when you go on a hundred million mile journey, means you tens of millions of miles apart, and that's where we are. I think the difference between, between equality and fairness in the way people are treated have led us to a place where you have Liz Cambridge situations. You have Liz Cambridge situations. She is so used to entitlement and getting her way, and when she can't, she flies under that banner of, you know, you're mistreating me because I'm a woman or you're mistreating me because of the segment of the of the population because her even her her um sexuality which kinda comes under examination, she kinda waffles back and forth. I think that she goes she she switches she switch hits at the plate. She like both so she's one of those people that that, that then flies the rainbow banner, right? And says, you know, champions that which isn't a bad thing. It's not the wrong thing, 
but then at the same time exhibits the behaviors of people that 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 have mistreated that segment of the population, and here we are. Yeah. Here we are, which has no place in team sports. It does. All right, well, we we got a few minutes left, and we have one, maybe two more things we got to briefly discuss, but I'm going to read um, these bullet points from her career because, you know, you talked about teachable moments. She's had a lot of teachable moments, but it doesn't seem like she's learning because it's one thing after another. So, um, you know, a lot of people are under the – well, they're convinced that her career has been one long series of bad decisions after the next. So she initially refused to play for the team that drafted her, the Tulsa Shock. She bailed on her second season with Tulsa, you know, after eventually going there, pulling out on the day her flight was due to depart for the U.S. from Australia. So it was like, we're expecting you today, and they get a call from her like, yeah, I'm not coming. She signed in China for $400,000 as one of the world's highest paid female players, but complained about being poorly compensated and unable to meet her mortgage payments with 400 grand. <laughs> then she was suspended in 2017 for deliberately kneeing and injuring a WNBL opponent. She finally returned to the WNBA in 2018 with the Dallas Wings, but demanded a trade after just one season. Um, before the Olympics, she called Nigerian players monkeys and told them to go back to your third world country. This was before an Olympic warm-up game, despite being half Nigerian herself. <laughs> you disrespect one of your parents like that. Um, <laughs> then, later in the same game, she was caught on video elbowing and slapping Nigerian players. Um, then she signed, of course. This is the, the latest and the straw that broke the camel's back, at least in L.A. She signed with the L.A. Sparks, saying she would never play anywhere else and that the Sparks supported her in ways that the Australian team never did, then left the team midseason with chemistry issues reportedly arising between Cambridge and her teammates, two of whom are Nigerian and knew exactly what she did in that Olympic warm-up game. So before we move on, just one question. Is this the end? You know, you, you think this is it for her and, no. and women's basketball? No. Or no. Probably, yeah. I mean, she's 6'8 no. with some talent. She's 6'8. Talent is always she's going to trump. Maybe in the talent WNBA. Always, there you go. Maybe in the best. Allen is always going to trump. She's six. She's six eight. Listen, I'm going I'm to run down a couple things. But some of you already know. She's six eight. She's highly skilled. Like she's not just big and lumbering. Like, right. You know, big and lumbering. She 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 got a little sex appeal. She definitely got a little sex appeal. Um, uh-huh. She got a Q. She got a Q rating. She's on OnlyFans. Got a fan base. Got a social media presence. She's an influencer. Somebody somewhere is going to pay that young lady a fair or more than fair wage to play basketball to put butts in seats. Put some butts in there. She definitely ain't done. Yeah. Yeah, She ain't done at all. All right. Uh, While y'all were on the grind, the NFL, after months of rumors and teases, has launched a new streaming video service. Um, Unfortunately, after reading this, it's trash, and I will not be paying the four ninety nine for it because let me tell you what it gives you. It, it pretty much replaces NFL Game Pass, not NFL Sunday Ticket, which people really want to do. NFL Game Pass, which offered more utility but was $99, $100 annually. 
NFL Plus, the new thing, costs $4.99 monthly or $40 per year. Let me tell you what it offers you. It offers you access to live, out-of-market preseason games. Who the fuck wants that? It offers you live, local, and primetime regular season and postseason games. Phone and tablet only. B, live local games, you get that TV if you got rabbit, rabbit ear antennas. Primetime regular season and postseason games, you get that if you got ESPN. And you get postseason <laughs> games, you get all the postseason games on regular network TV if you got rabbit ears on your TV. And you can only do it on your phone and your tablet. And it also gives you live local and national audio for every game, which I can do in the car. Well, I can do with my Sirius XM um, subscription. So what are we paying for here? You're going to pay an extra $5 a month to get everything that you already get. (laughs) You already get this. It's a hustle. I I bet you they get a million people to do it, though. I, no, I, I guarantee you that they will. I guarantee you that they will. But I can care less about preseason games. NFL Network, I get a couple of out-of-market preseason games. So it's basically like, all right, if I want to watch the Eagles on preseason, since I don't live in the Philadelphia market, I can get this for $5 a month and watch the Eagles preseason games. I don't watch the Eagles preseason games anyway. <laughs> like, Like, come on. I get what I need. Go watch some of the film so we can talk about it. Come on, man. So, like, when people see this, I'm sure everybody got hype. Like, oh, man, Sunday ticket. They got the – now, because I'm thinking, well, they're doing this streaming service. Maybe once the contract is up with DirecTV, maybe they'll get the Sunday ticket, and all of this will be worth it, and they'll probably end up charging more. But that's not what this is because they still have people – Bidding on the Sunday ticket. Google just laid a bid for the Sunday ticket. I believe Amazon was bidding on the Sunday ticket. So they're still going to go out there and get that major bag for Sunday ticket instead of, you know, doing something like this. Plus, on this NFL Plus, you can only watch games on their phone or tablet. So you can't even do this on your TV. You can't even put the app on your TV. So that's corny. Yeah, this is mad corny. But like you said, they're going to get seven-figure people to subscribe to it just because the NFL the NFL is like Kanye and Jay at this point like you know they can put out poop scoopity poop and people are going to pay for scoopity it poop it's is what it is when you're that big so before we go just want to give a shout out to the WWE what's up Neil I know this is your thing WWE Wrestlemania 40 is slated to be held in the city of Brotherly Shove. It's going to be in Philadelphia in April of 2024 at the Lincoln Financial Field where the Eagles play. Um, It's not the first time. Back in 1999, I believe, it was held in Philly. But that's when the WWE, you know, WrestleMania was a little bit smaller. So they did it at the then First Union Center. It's now the Wells Fargo Center. Um, in front of about 18,000 people. This one is expected to be held in front of about 80,000 people. And, you know, now um, WrestleMania is a two-night event. So shout out to the WWE 
Shout out to the hometown of Philadelphia, who's going to be hosting it in 2024, hosting WrestleMania, their biggest event. Um, and shout out to all our wrestling fans out there. So before we go, just got to tell you guys, this date in sports history is brought to you by Sports the Book. If you're tired of reading the same old sports books with the same old sports lists, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, and all sorts of subjective information being passed off as facts, Mount Rushmore's and all that trash, uh, be sure to pick up your copy of Sports, an acronym, S-P-O-R-T-S, Smart People Only Read the Sports. It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture that will keep you on the edge of your seat, keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special as well. Just go to sportsthebook.com and get your copy, or you can get one from our website, warroomsports.com. Just don't miss the movement. This date in sports history, July 28, 1993, the kid, Ken Griffey Jr., Homers in his eighth straight game, becoming only the third player in Major League Baseball history to do so. So shout out to Ken Griffey Jr., one of the greatest baseball players I've ever witnessed with my own two eyes. And we'd like to give a big war room salute to this historical moment. So we're going to get up out of here because it's about our time. B, when we do these two-man shows, we always seem to go the full two hours. And usually we don't we even go the full two hours when uh we, we <laughs> when it's and all it's, of it. It's so much fun. Yeah, no, no, it's to definitely still fun. Be, it's definitely still fun be to go back and, and do that too, and give give the fans what they want. We appreciate y'all out there. Y'all know what time it is. Time for us to get up out of here. So thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our group chat, uh, War Room Sports Game Time, which, you know, gave us a couple of breaking news stories while we were on the air. And uh, Tobias, the caller who called to chop it up with us, tune in next week live right here or on the sports, entertainment, and life stories of the week, at least the ones we deem to be the most important. So until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend, uh, whatever sports you'll be watching or playing. You know, between now and the next time you hear from us, stay safe in these streets, man, because these streets are not safe right now. And we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top.
War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.